This talk is offered by Ordinary Minds Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Andrew is an Australian Dharma heir of Barry Majid and is dedicated to extending Barry's vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So the title of today's talk is The View from Awareness Only, Freeing the Goose from the Bottle, on the 18th of June, 23. There's a very well-known quote in the, what's called, uh, what Aldous Huxley called a perennial philosophy, the, the wisdom teachings from different cultures all unite around this one very important non-viewal key statement. In Sanskrit, it is Tatvam Asi. Tat Tvam Asi, translated into English, is that thou art, or I am that. I am both nothing and everything. I am not separate from this. Of course, our practice is about how do we recognize and realize that and establish ourselves in that and bring that into our everyday lives, which is a different matter altogether. I've called this the view from awareness only, or you could call it the view from consciousness only. Um, the, 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 the concept of a view is important in um in, uh, in in all these different traditions um so a viewpoint as it as it suggests is we need to stand somewhere there are some kind of basic uh viewpoints or assumptions that we're standing on and uh a little bit like values such as i want to be a kind and loving person uh, a viewpoint is something we really choose, something which resonates with us that we can relate to. So it's not necessarily about the, the truth or falsity of the view. It's not um, something that we're going to try and falsify or disprove through scientific means. The view really is about how that you, I guess you evaluate the view from the point of view of how it helps your practice how you show up in your everyday lives. So it's important to be aware of these fundamental views. So my view, which is consciousness only, runs through a lot of the non-dual traditions, including Buddhism, Avaita Vedanta, non-dual Tantric Shaivism, Sufism, um, non-dual Christianity. There's a lot of but um, there are other viewpoints, other views that you can take. For example, in Buddhism, another view would be 
a very good view which can carry you all the way would be the interdependence of all things, the co-arising. There is no such thing as a separate entity or self anywhere in the universe. The universe is, in, in a sense, is one and many, but it's all interdependent. You can't, there's no part to the universe. It's all one, but it's all interdependent. That's another a viewpoint which um, is a very valuable view. And you can move between views as well. One doesn't have to become necessarily attached to a view. It's important not to be attached to, to views. You try a view on, in a way. Uh, try it on like you try on some clothing and, and see if it uh, fits for you. This uh, talk today is a continuing our conversation about non-duality. <clears throat> and um, one of the core uh, dualities that we are all trained in uh, from children up onwards is the subject and object duality. So the theme of this talk is, is recognizing our essential self as awareness. By essential, I mean when you subtract everything, what is left that you can't subtract from who you are. Now, we've talked a lot about I am this, I am that, I am a man, I am a woman, I am a social worker, I am a teacher, I am a father, I am a mother. But when you subtract all the various objects or the references or the reference, then you just simply come back to I am, the essential beingness of who we are, the essential awareness of who we are. If we were to take that away, then we wouldn't be here at all. I could take my arm away, I could take a leg away, but it, I would still be here. But um, if I wasn't aware or conscious, then I wouldn't be here at all. So We'll do some, uh, uh, as we go near the end of the talk, there's a couple of experiential exercises that I'll introduce you to. And this talk is also being, um, in a sense, um, I'm taking some of the ideas from a book I found very helpful, which I'll send you a copy of, a PDF copy of, including my notes for this lecture, so don't worry about taking any notes. Um, the book uh, is called Standing as Awareness by a non-dual philosopher in America called Greg Good. And it's a very excellent, easy to understand introduction to awareness only teachings or non-dual teachings. But I'll send you a PDF of that at the end of the talk. Last, um, last month, uh, I spoke about the koan, about the goose in the bottle, uh, remember the the man raised the gosling uh, in a bottle which grew up into a, a duck, a goose <laughs> in the bottle. And, uh, and the koan was, uh, how do you free the goose from the bottle without killing the goose or breaking the bottle? And it's a very nice koan to sit with. Um, and of course, uh, in the koan, the, the master I think yells out the, the student's name, the monk's name, and he says, yes, 
And the master says, the goose is, is now free. So um, we talked a little bit about that koan last month. And uh, so that was in the previous talk, if you want to go back and have a listen to that. In a sense, we could say that the goose in the bottle represents our normal experience of duality. Um, the goose in the bottle is an excellent description of the self-centered dream. We are trapped um, or identified as, we identify as a separate body-mind self. And that is the activity of suffering. The sense of feeling trapped and wanting to escape. And, um, and we are even trapped in that bottle in the way in which we interpret our perceptions of our senses. And we'll talk more about that in this talk. So we're conditioned right from the get-go to, to interpret our experience as in a subject and object split, a subject and object duality. And because of that experiencing, because of that conditioning, we experience ourselves as dualistic, as a me in here, usually somewhere behind the, the forehead here, looking out at the world out there. And as you all appreciate, uh, this is a recipe for fear and insecurity and ultimately disaster on the world on a global level as the population continues to increase. We have to free ourselves on a global level from this misperception of separation. Um, and that's a really a, a fundamental teaching which is which be which would be useful for all social justice movements, all eco ecological movements to really take in and, and, and contemplate. So our practice can be described as shifting from our identification with the self-centered dream, the goose in the bottle, this limited body and mind, which we take to be me, towards recognizing and establishing ourselves as being awareness itself and the freedom that that gives us. This can be seen as our journey from suffering in the self-centered dream to discovering our freedom when we recognize ourselves as awareness or consciousness. In other words, there never was a bottle in the first place. The bottle is primarily constructed from our, our conditioning, our our core beliefs um, are the ways in which we identify with the uh, conceptual construction of each other in the world. So in a way, it's like our journey back home again, the home in which we never left. So what is awareness? So close your eyes and let's just take a few minutes for just allowing awareness of being aware to arise naturally. Just sitting here in the silence, not changing anything, just feeling 
the sensations of the body, hearing sounds, noticing thoughts. Also noticing your awareness of awareness. Notice that all the objects that we are aware of, sensations and perceptions, thoughts and feelings, coming and going, but awareness itself, the experiencing of all of these is the one constant factor. In all our experiencing, we are aware of being aware of our experiencing. This is sometimes referred to in various teachings as effortless mindfulness. It's effortless mindfulness or simply choiceless awareness because we're not using the will to focus on an object. If I was to teach like in a Vipassana sense, you focus your attention onto the breath, that's using your will to focus your attention on the breath. Whereas when you're becoming aware of awareness, it's simply effortless. It's already present. That's why in the literature, awareness is referred to as self-luminous. It's the self that is aware of itself. It requires no effort. It's already aware. It's already awake awareness. Some of you are familiar with the work of Douglas Harding, who was an English uh, philosopher and uh, and he wrote a book called The Headless Way. And, uh, were, and uh, he noticed this experience that he could never, uh, as he was walking through the Himalayas one day, he was viewing the, the landscape and he realized that he, he, in viewing the landscape and seeing, he did, he did not see his own head. He had the experience of being headless. And we can all experience that. He developed a number of exercises. One of them would be just to simply point to an object with your fingers right now. Say, I'm pointing to this cup. Um, you could point to an object in your room. Just point to the object uh, now. Focus on an object with your finger. And you're aware of that object. Now, just move your finger back around till it's pointing towards like your forehead and see that what the finger's pointing to is that which we're talking about. The awareness itself, which is invisible. The awareness itself is not an object. You can't actually see it, or feel it or touch it, but you're aware of it. So, Awareness is the single subject in all our experiences. All the objects or phenomena that are appearing and disappearing are appearing and disappearing in this awareness that we are. It's the formless seer that sees all form, but the seer itself cannot be seen. So synonyms for awareness would be consciousness, being, and unconditional love. And the unconditional love is important because 
this is not just a uh, an exercise of the mind as such but it's also an exercise of the heart as we experience our self as awareness it's also a very loving kind of awareness that we're talking about awareness sees and i see they are the same thing awareness is the i the i am which is not qualified by any object again we are so conditioned to answer the question who am i with an object or referent of some kind like we talked about before i am this or i am that rather than being still and simply being i am awareness is not an object it is the open loving spaciousness of you and no one can take that away from you the metaphor of space is sometimes used as a metaphor it's not a perfect metaphor because but it's it it it, it metaphors are just useful in providing some sense of insight so awareness is sometimes seen as being like space we don't see space we can't grasp space but we can be aware of space and if there wasn't any space all these objects in my room the table the bed the light the cup everything all the objects would not be able to be here they're present here in this space but if i take all the objects away from the room even if i take away the walls of the room space goes on it has no limits it has no ending or beginning space is always just here and we can be aware of the space but normally we, we're not aware of space unless we someone points it out to us it's the same with awareness unless someone points it out to us we take it for granted so the the the, the i just is awareness so what goes for awareness goes for me so when this truly sinks in it has the potential to be life transforming if you really allow this to sink in because for example contemplate these statements awareness doesn't suffer neither do i awareness is never injured or traumatized neither am i awareness doesn't come and go neither do i awareness is open spacious clear and loving so am i there are no limits, ages, edges, or borders to awareness, none to me either. Awareness embraces everything and refuses nothing. So do I. Awareness is present during the presence of objects and during the absence of objects 
and beyond all objects, so am I. It is like coming home or recognizing the home we never left. This I awareness that we're talking about is not personal. And awareness is indivisible, like space. There is only one awareness, one space, that we're all sharing with sentient beings. The awareness localized as this limited body-mind that I identify with is the same awareness that you are also experiencing. We're all experiencing the same awareness, as in we're all living in the same space. So there's no separation in awareness. And no separate self means there is no owner of experiences. Ownership is a different concept which creates the suffering. So when we identify as awareness, because it's not personal, there's no ownership involved in it. There is a perspective, but there's no ownership. This, this is seeing through the duality of subject and object. So the great universal spiritual truth, tat, flam, ati, you are that, Seeing is awareness, hearing is awareness, tasting, touching, smelling are awareness, thoughts and feelings are also awareness. A couple of experiments. First of all, sound is easier to recognize this than a visual, but so we'll start with the sound. So just closing your eyes, Noticing the sounds in your environment. Notice how there may be habitual thoughts or tendencies that create the impression that the sound is outside the window, for example, then enters through my ears and registers as a sound in my brain, which is how we've been sort of trained. That's how we think of the world of an inside and an outside. But we have to, in this practice, as I've talked about before, we have to bracket these social constructions, these cognitions which shape how we experience our world. These are the what we've been conditioned into how we experience the world. So we have to try and bracket that and try and go to our direct experience of sound. When you go to the direct experience of sound, notice how the sound is actually appearing in your awareness, almost like it's vibrating. Sometimes it's literally vibrating in your awareness. Uh, sometimes you can actually feel the vibration of sound as in the... That sound is appearing in awareness. And you are that sound. 
it's not separate from awareness and you are awareness the sound is you in awareness the same applies to all the other senses but the visual our sight is sometimes a little bit more difficult to get through the conditioning a visual perception is perhaps more deeply conditioned to appear as dualistic than sound so notice an object in a room such as a, as, as, as this cup or any object in your room and focus on the object there may be thoughts arising about the object you might have thoughts about the cup or whatever object you're looking at but close your eyes and notice that thoughts could still arise but they're not part of the visual experience of the cup we can simply close our eyes the thinking goes on but we're no longer having a visual experience of the object so what we want to attend to is the visual the actual visual experience a little bit like the impressions you now in the history of art the impressionists were trying to capture that sense of the visual awareness you know like the reflections of the flowers in the, in the water like a monet painting all we're seeing in our visual perception are basically sound uh, are colors and shapes so we want to bracket again want to bracket out the thinking the interpretation the perspective that creates this visual reality and just see what's directly given to our direct visual experience. What does vision experience? There is color and shape, which we could call its form. But notice how color and shape are interdependent. Notice the edge of the cup is defined by how one color comes to an end and another color begins. All the physical attributes, when we normally think of all these objects as physical entities out there in the world, such as size and weight and distance, are all kind of the ways in which we interpret, we've learned to interpret our visual experience. But none of those are actually experienced. When you're looking and viewing the cup through your eyes, your sight, you don't, you're not feeling the weight of the cup. You're simply experiencing the colors and shape of the cup. You're not experiencing any hardness or softness. You're just experiencing the colors and the shapes. Through this kind of contemplation, you can start to see how we conventionally talk, see the cup as an independent physical object separate from me. But when you actually see it through this kind of view, the physical object is actually nothing but awareness itself. So if the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the colors and shapes, that we could call that form, the cup itself is the form. It's not separate from the form. And all we experience in our field of vision is color and shape. And form, obviously, is not separate from that scene. The form is only appearing because of the scene. 
you come to realize that you cannot separate form from seeing. So the experience of form is dependent on seeing. Seeing is therefore another word for form. And seeing is not separate from awareness. Seeing itself cannot be separated from awareness. When seeing is present, its presence is noted by awareness. When seeing is absent, its absence is noted by awareness. We can never be aware of seeing as an object. You can't see seeing as an object. Rather, awareness is another word for seeing. And all the other senses are the same. You can even apply this to the body. If we bracket all our concepts of the body, height, weight, etc., and we just close our eyes and experience the body, all we experience are sensations in space, in a sense. And so the body also is awareness, awareness of sensations. The sense that we, we have traditionally been conditioned and raised in the viewpoint that we are located in a body and mind, this is reversed. The body and mind, that is the body as sensations and the mind as perceptions and, and, and thoughts and feelings, is located in awareness. It's a huge flip. It's like a Copernican shift. Like, you know, the, the sense in which we thought the, uh, the sun went around the earth. Copernican shift. The earth travels around the sun. This, this kind of view of non-duality is as is, 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 is dramatic as that. We are not located in a body-mind. The body-mind is located in me, in us, in awareness. This process of freeing ourselves from entrapment in that subject and object duality is gradual because our conditioning is very deep. The sense we have of ownership of our thoughts and feelings and senses, that there is an observer located in my head looking at objects is very hard to shake off, to loosen up. That's why our regular sitting practice, guided meditations, contemplations, and, and pausing on a regular basis throughout the day to step back and stand as awareness is really important. Okay, I'll stop there. And uh, we've got um, we've got ten minutes for comments or questions. So rem remember to uh, unmute yourself if you have any questions or any comments. As I said, I'll, I'll send you a copy of the PDF of the book and a copy of my notes. So, yeah. uh, Richard. Oh, just, uh, that was great, Andrew. Thank you. A lot to reflect on there. Um, I was just thinking about the, um, you know, at the beginning of your talk, you're talking about views and uh, 
um, rather than belief, um, there's a it's a perspective. You know, the the there are uh, sort of almost unlimited numbers of perspectives that you could take. But often, I I guess just this is what I I've experienced is that you get sort of um, trapped in one perspective or, or one view it's it's easy to get into that with all your narratives and your conditioning and so on um and i i think it's really challenging to um to be able to see that and also to to um have the sense of agency to feel that you you have have uh you have choice in your view um because as as you've said you know we're so conditioned even on this level of perception to um, just see the world as being out there and separate and objects being separate. And there's an I in here, me up here, that's separate from that. Um, yeah, it's just a reflection on that. And um, it's almost like the, the sense that, uh, I don't know, maybe developing some sense of fluid um, notion of what is true or 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 what is authentic or you know um like you you kind of remove that duality of um what's real and unreal or what's i believe and what i don't believe and um yeah those kind of like meta narratives that seem to be part of um a conditioned self yeah yeah, well, it's we all have no choice in the in the sense in which we we are all conditioned and trained uh, into a particular view, uh, which in our particular culture is our culture, which is a, a a materialist or physicalist view of the of the universe and and a duality in terms of persons and objects, and uh, we all have well, that view is inculcated in all of us. And uh, we have no choice over that. I think we actually can, we, we can put the question of choice aside. Mm. And uh, I like to think in terms of, um, you know, the path is, uh, is, is, is suffering. When suffering gets to a certain degree of severity, uh, one starts to seek or one doesn't and continues to suffer. And then at some point uh, in our journey, we, we come across an alternative way of seeing. And if that alternative way of seeing uh, brings fruits in terms of, um, you know, reduces that suffering that we've been going through, then that's a, that's the kind of feedback we're getting. Um, and like you said, there could be a number of different views that can yield the same result. Um, and uh, we'll be drawn to the views that we can obviously connect with and resonate with. So I would just encourage everyone to find a view which resonates for you well uh, in turn and 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 uh, that is an important part of our practice is clarifying view in the same way as we want to clarify our values because um if we don't clarify our view and our values then um, it's very difficult to be you know what to be committed to and uh, and what to, you know practices or actions to take so it's really important to clarify our view and values and I think I mean from my viewpoint it's consciousness itself which gets lost or awareness itself which gets lost 
in the identification as a separate self, as a separate body-mind, actually also has the inherent quality of wanting to awake from that. So we are all here because consciousness is wanting to awaken to consciousness. There's no separate self anywhere doing all of this. It's just the universe. In a sense, there's no separate doer making any kind of choices. It's just the play of consciousness. Mm. That's from this particular viewpoint. Yeah. Mm. But thank you for your, your your contribution, Richard. That was really nice. Uh, anybody else uh, before we finish? Kate looks pretty relaxed up there. <laughs> <laughs> She's entered into deep sleep. <laughs> From that um, perspective, Sono, um, I once heard like consciousness described, and I get just to clarify that this is what you were talking about is imagining a you know a bank of a thousand lights, light bulbs, and consciousness being the light, and individual being say a light bulb contributing to the that's consciousness. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I haven't heard that metaphor before, but that's another another good metaphor um, that um, um, so, 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 similarly the, 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 the illumination that we experience is, is consciousness and uh, yeah yeah okay yeah are we are we then contributing to awareness or are we as an individual just in awareness? Whatever sense we have of being an individual is arising in awareness. Uh, but the journey is from being experiencing ourselves as an individual to experiencing ourselves as universal consciousness. Hmm. So the separate individual um, is just a movement in awareness. Uh, but it's it's awareness can forget itself and become trapped in that limited mind-body and uh, then the suffering happens and the suffering in a way is, is the mechanism to wake us up again. It's your, it's your, it's your compass, your guide, your thermometer. Yeah. Thank you. That was a good talk, Sano. I look forward to having a look at the PDF. Okay, yeah, it's a it's a good book and, and very simply set out. All right then, we'll finish the webinar.